Parsha's Pekuda begins with the accounting of the precious metals, stones and materials donated to the Mishkan. And also a cheshben of how the donated funds were utilized in the construction of the Mishkan. And the Pasik tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu gave a calculation of all of the money that he received and how all of the money was spent, showing Klal Yisrael his honesty and his integrity. And the question is, why did Moshe feel the need to do that? We are talking about the greatest human being, the greatest prophet ever. Why would he have to prove his loyalty and his honesty? HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself had the ultimate trust in Moshe. As it says, Bechol Beisi Hu. Isn't that the greatest testament for his reliance and his honesty? If Hashem trusted him, how can it be that the people didn't trust him? Furthermore, Moshe Rabbeinu was already very wealthy from the Pesoilis, from the remnants of the Luchas. The Gemara says in Sechtus Nedarim, Hashem told Moshe, the Pesoilis shall be yours. And we know that the tablets were crafted from the most valuable gems in the world. Their remnants were priceless. So Moshe became enormously wealthy from the leftover fragments from the Luchas. So it would be absurd to think that Moshe misappropriated the funds of the Mishkan. So why did Moshe have to give an accounting of how he spent that money? And the matter says, the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu felt compelled to explain how the funds were used is because he heard people critiquing him behind his back. They accused Moshe of siphoning ore from the funds that were donated to the Mishkan. They said that he became wealthy by embezzling money that was earmarked for the construction of the Mishkan. Therefore, Moshe felt it was his obligation to fulfill the mandate of And that is why, says the Medrash, he gave an exact accounting of how the funds were dispersed and thereby teaching us the need for financial transparency for communal funds. The Talmud Rebbe says that this story comes to teach us the far-reaching negative power of Leitzim, of cynics and scoffers, to denigrate and speak Lash and Hara and make a mockery of another person is so incredibly enticing and so tempting that it doesn't even have to make sense. The slander spoken can be so irrational and so illogical and the bloggers and the gossipers will still try to sell it. Even when the speaker himself doesn't really believe what he's saying. A person can be so attracted and infatuated by speaking Lashon Hara and mocking and denigrating another person, especially a leader or a person of prestige and prominence, that he doesn't even want to hear the truth because that might impede his goal of destroying that person. As they say, don't let facts get in the way of a good story. Then the Talner Rebbe says something very interesting. A message for every Gaba, every Askan out there. He says, This story teaches us that when someone is Oisik B'Tzar Chetzibar, when someone is involved in community work, and they give their time and their effort, and they get involved in things for the benefit of the community, they will inevitably be unfairly criticized. When things go right, they never get the recognition. But if one time something might be perceived that it is detrimental to the community, they will always be taken to task for that. And that is obviously unfair. And the Torah is telling this Askan, don't take it to heart. Because if they spoke badly about Moshe Rabbeinu, you don't have to feel bad that they speak badly about you. If you are involved in Sarchet Sibir, try to be an Akim. Do the utmost not to do something that may be perceived as dishonest. But criticism shouldn't discourage you from continuing your Klal work. The Satmarov in a Sefer Divriyol offers a fascinating insight. 
He says, it's illogical to say that they accused Moshe of stealing from the funds of the Mishkan. So he says, you know what it means that they accused Moshe Rabbeinu? They suspected that Moshe grabbed for himself the mitzvah of donating to the Mishkan. People rushed to donate to the construction of the Mishkan. And Moshe wouldn't allow them to donate any longer. He said, Dayum, we have enough material. Therefore, they surmised that when Hashem said that everyone should donate towards the Mishkan, Moshe Rabbeinu quickly seized the opportunity and donated all the funds himself and didn't allow them to donate. And as we know, the schus of donating to the Mishkan was that people became wealthy. So the people were accusing Moshe Rabbeinu of donating it all by himself. And because of those donations, he became wealthy. What a beautiful insight. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu made an accounting and he showed everyone, this is how much silver you gave. And this is where the silver was used. This is how much copper you gave. And this is where the copper was used. And so on. But what about the gold? When it came to the copper and the silver and the other materials, Moshe Rabbeinu gave an accounting of where it was used. However, by gold, Moshe Rabbeinu gave no accounting. He says how much gold was received, but he doesn't explain how it was used. So why didn't he give an accounting of how the gold was used? And here's another beauty from the Satmarov. And this is vintage Satmarov. He says, generally speaking, gracious people don't accuse other people of being liars and thieves. It is the misers, the stingy people that do that. People who chose to give the gold were generous people. They gave it with their whole heart. And Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't afraid of being accused by them. Therefore, he only gave a cheshben of the silver and the copper and the other lesser materials. However, for the gold, it was not necessary. And now, we know. Have a wonderful day.